If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Highway to Health Podcast, hosted by Jeremy Quinby, provides guidance, quality resources, and inspiration for anyone seeking wellness in mind, body, and spirit. There's an episode that you should check out called The Value of Our Emotions, where Jeremy helps listeners understand the role emotions serve and what we can learn about our present state by staying attuned to them. Check out Highway to Health Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. What did you anointed my hands to do? And that's when he placed on my heart to start off having a publication and a support community for MP students to really put what their concerns are out there, but also to receive mentorship and support. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin-Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Hi, Dr. Patrice Little. How are you today? I'm great, and thank you for having me, Wendy. Yeah, I'm so excited to introduce you to the audience and welcome to the Wellness Platform. Why don't we start off by you telling people a little bit about who you are? Great. And I'll try to keep it as short as possible because there is a lot to me. I always like to start off by saying that I am first generation American. That is something that I really um, take pride in. Uh, My parents are from the beautiful island of Jamaica. (laughs) And so sometimes I say I have the best of both worlds. I um, of course, grew up in a West Indian community. Believe it or not, we have a lot of them up north and in, in the south. And um, with that, I was given three options. It was really doctor, lawyer, engineer. And so it's really what most immigrants tell their children as a way to make sure that they have um, a life that is sustainable and comfortable. And what ended up happening is I eventually encountered a nurse practitioner while completing my a biology pre-med degree. And I started, I asked her if I could shadow. The shadowing opportunity turned to volunteer. Volunteer opportunity turned to a work study. And before I knew it, I was really being an understudy for a nurse practitioner on campus. And to make a long story short, she said, hey, finish out your biology pre-med degree. I finished it up. And then I left and I taught high school for three years where I was able to serve on certain uh, committees and I was involved in the retention of ninth graders. And then of then I said, let me go back to nursing school. So that was a very quick experience with an accelerated track that took about 16 months. And then of course, three years later, nurse practitioner school, a few years later, DMP school. And then that brings me pretty much here today where I have the honor to have a platform that service those who are interested in that path from registered nurse to nurse practitioner. I love it. Well, that was a great summary. Um, I did not know you had, uh, well, you have West Indian roots. I also have West Indian roots. My parents are from Trinidad. Um, awesome. so I was like, oh, really oh cool. yes. I love me some roti, man. <laughs> <laughs> My best friend from Trinidad. 
<laughs> yes. So I love that. I love that. Um, so you're you're kind of like you went nursing second. That was like a, a second career for you. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and you you're also the CEO of of NP Student. Talk Absolutely. to us a little bit about that and how your experience in NP school brought you to really create this platform for nurses. Great. So, well, NP Student is a digital platform. Well, now it's a, a community membership for people who, individuals who are interested in becoming a nurse practitioner. So it's, we have things in place for that pathway from, hey, I want to be an NP to, hey, I'm already registered nurse and I've just applied to NP school to, hey, I'm getting ready to graduate NP school. And so with this platform, which is um, very enriched, where we originally started off in 2018 with NP Student Magazine, and that actually launched out of a need that I identified when I was completing my DMP project. My DMP project focused on the unification of APRN voices in the state of Georgia to increase our legislative impact. And the shorter way of saying that is, hey, we wanted full practice authority here in Georgia so we could be able to care for our patients more because Georgia has one of the lowest healthcare outcomes in the United States. So that's the background to preface it. And then so what was happening is as I started interacting with the legislators, they started asking me various questions like, hey, but isn't the training for nurse practitioners the same as you know, physicians? I, I thought it was the same. No, it's a little different. And sometimes it's hit or miss, depending on if they have to find their preceptorship and then how much their schools involve in the structure of their preceptorship. And so that's when things got a little deeper and I started following different Facebook groups and I saw a lot of complaints about preceptorships and a lot of complaints about support for the process. And so there were already companies out there that was doing preceptor placement and that's really wasn't on my heart. Really, I mean, quite frank, I actually prayed to God after coming as fourth runner up in the Mrs. Georgia international pageant. And I said, okay, God, like, here's the deal. I do pageants. The judges always love me. The directors love the personality, but I am not winning because I'm I'm not what they're looking for. What did you anoint my hands to do? And that's when he placed on my heart to start off having a publication and a support community for MP students to really put what their concerns are out there, but also to receive mentorship and support in turn as they transition through each aspect of their life. Because that's one of the things that I say. It's like, hey, everything that we produce on the platform of MP Student, it follows a framework where we focus on the seven aspects of MP Student life. MP Student or MP School is only one spoke in the wheel of life. Everything else is a reflection of who you are as an individual. And when I say you, I'm talking to those who are viewing. And so with that, we had to make sure that there was a platform where we were touching on every aspect, financial, health and wellness, um, social life, love life. Um, And then hopefully I get to share my (laughs) story about the whole love life while pursuing uh, higher degrees. So in short, that's really how MP Student uh, came about. And it's something that excites me uh, to make sure that students feel supported holistically as they get ready to care for others. I love that. That is definitely holistic. And and I love that you clarified that NP student are for nurses who are even thinking about 
NP school or becoming an NP or just want to inquire. Um, I'm not sure if everyone knows that, but I think that that is so key because many people are like, well, I think I want to be an MP, but I'm not sure. Well, reach out to Dr. Little and she can, you know, really help you um, decide and help you on that journey. So that is that is beautiful. And I, I'm not going to waste any time. And, you know, the, the seven, um, your model, the framework you have, I think is so important because when we think about um, NP school or nursing, it is very occupational, um, intellectual wellness, occupational wellness, where everything else we don't really talk about, right? And that's one of the reasons I do what I do in terms of stress management, emotional intelligence is how do you take care of yourself? Um, so I think it's it's really nice that you bring in that holistic aspect to uh, the intellectual and occupational piece of what we do. And I would love to hear your story about your love life and pursuing higher education. Let's go there. Let's not so, yeah, let's go there. Cause what, what happened is when I started the platform in 2018, I was really excited. Gung-ho um, was at the time married for about, I think it was going on 13, 14 years and um, working full time and just really excited, just really excited. It was finishing up DMP school and everything just seemed to be great. So I felt like I was doing, especially you already know, being West Indian, most of us already, we know how to take care of home <laughs> as wives while still pursuing higher ac uh, academia or scholars. And so what happens is I didn't realize how much my, the own person in my household was not a supporter. And this is something new that many of those who've been following MP mm -hmm. student was not aware of. So there was quite, there were some times where it was like, everything will be fine and I will show up and there will be a lot of social media interaction and then things will fall off and then it will be fine and then things will fall off. And then eventually from 2021 all the way up until February of 2023, it was like, I fell off. And many individuals didn't know that I needed to take a moment because I was trying to really figure out what was going on in my family is important to me. That's where I feel like my foundation is, but it wasn't as important to the person that I was married to. And so of still to this day, I'm still pro-marriage. Pro I think it's very honorable. I think it's very great for the, um, the health and development, of course, of children, but mine did not go that way. And I happen to have a platform where I'm telling women like, make sure you make your husband a bath and cook him his special meal after you get back from clinicals. And I'm like, I'm doing this stuff and it didn't work for me. <laughs> Cause at the end of the day, um, when it comes to your love life, as much as you feel like you have an understanding with your spouse or your partner, um, and things seem to be going great and it, internally, if they're not secure, it's going to impact how far you go. And before you know it, everything you're in pursuit of is falling to the wayside because you're like, okay, I got to focus on this. I got to make it work. And then they just still decide to do whatever. And so, and that's the nice, <laughs> that's the clean version of how everything went. And so what ended up happening is I said, hey, you know what? I feel like it is time for me to let individuals know, thank you, Wendy, for the platform to do that. What happened to Dr. Little during that year and a half? Did she forget about NP student? Was she not serious about her platform? I've 150% been gung-ho about 
this platform and the impact that it's having, I feel like it's bigger than me. I feel like it's not even about me. But when it came to the certain aspects of my life, when they were not fulfilled, then I can I can't get I can only give as much as what's being poured into me. And so now I'm like ready to go, making sure that I have certain disciplines in place. I had things in place before, but it's refined where I can make sure that that won't happen again, where I'm not falling off, where it's constantly making sure that your needs are met as you as you go in and out of MP school. I love that. And I wanted to say thank you so much for your transparency and sharing your story with us, your personal story. And while you're talking, what I'm thinking is that you're human. Despite you making a huge impact and leaving a footprint in this world, you are human, like all of us. And life happens. Um, and you are courageous enough to come onto a platform and say that. You don't, you don't, you didn't have to, right? But but I love the transparency and it it really speaks to who you are and your character. So I love that. And what I'm hearing is that you want not only spouse, but people in your life. I'm always talking about how we evolve in life. And sometimes as we evolve, we have to look around us. Uh, sometimes in, in the person in the bed with us, right? But like even friends and family, mm-hmm. like who's around you? Are these people pushing you? Are they supporting you? Or are they holding you back? Um, so you have to do inventory, um, you know, on, on a regular basis in your life because you will have people that will... Um, help you fall off, right? And not help you, you know, get back on or help you really lean into your purpose. Um, And I just commend you for coming back stronger, more focused and and ready to go. So that that's amazing. I love, love, love that. So thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Wendy. One of the things I wanted to add to that is that's why the entry point to NP student is a quiz. We have a quiz that says, is NP the right fit for me? And when you take that quiz, it's only 10 questions. It will ask you questions, very simple questions about the seven aspects of your life. It starts off with saying, hey, are you an aspiring nurse practitioner or are you currently an NP or DMP student? And that's, you're exactly right. That's why that is in place in inventory. I've been doing inventories in my life since I was 33. Mm -hmm. I am 43 years old now. It is so important to take that pause and do a reflection. When things are not going your way, there's two things. Either it's not supposed to go your way (laughs) because there's something better. Or there's a, maybe you need to take a pause and 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 change some things around. And though, but the only way you can do that is through an inventory or reflecting. And so you're absolutely right. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I do what I do in terms of stress management. I think stress in itself, we just it's a, it's here. We, we we are stressed, right? But it has so many repercussions, and it 
is something that makes you fall off, right? Like you said, it, it it's stress, right? It's how yeah. do you deal with that? But it, it, part of that is taking that inventory, what's in your toolbox? What do you need to add to your toolbox? What do you need to revisit in your toolbox, right? Who do you need, like in your corner, in your toolbox, right? So really doing that inventory of who you are now, because as we evolve, things change. We need different tools and different people in our lives, you know, depending on where we are. So it's so, so, so important. So I love that you have a quiz uh, in order for people to like really enter your world. It's so important because I think that quiz really, uh, for me, the way I feel like you see me, right? You don't see me as just a person who's interested in being a, a NP, but you see me as the individual, which is so important. So I love that. You got it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to talk about, um, you know, your work in policy, which is, is so important to the NP role. Talk to us a little bit about why is that so important for NPs um, and, you know, registered nurses, nurses across the spectrum to have an understanding and get involved in policy? Well, for starters, policy influences practice. Everything that we're able to do today, whether it's on an institutional level, a state level, or of course, federal level, it there are rules that are in place. There, people <laughs> go and they um, put together laws that are passed to make sure at the end of the day that patients are safe. That's mm -hmm. really the main goal. And then also to make sure that you're able to keep your license. Um, so all of this is really to make sure that the community receives the best care, um, best or quality care. But at the same time, it's also helps to protect you um, inversely. And so one of the things is with policy, uh, I, put it this way, it was something that just happened to find me. <laughs> Quite frankly, um, I've had the opportunity to, of course, work at the um, the state capitol as a content producer for the Lawmaker Show through Georgia Public Broadcasting, and I still um, do some small activities for them as as well. And a few, um, actually, working on one exciting project, but I can't share it yet. I will in another time. And so, what happens is with that. Many of the nurses do not realize that if these rules are in place or if they don't voice their concerns and develop a relationship with the legislator, then certain things that they want to change can't change. Because that's really about, that's really what it is in a nutshell to bring about change. And I want to make sure that I'm answering exactly what you asked, because I did forget a little bit. <laughs> no, 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 no. Why, po why policy? You're right on track. Why policy? Is why is it important for nurses to know about policy and be involved in it? And so that's basically it. They have to know about policies because it influences practices. And it's always good for, I, I feel like nurses also should have appreciation for the actual profession. So for instance, for those who are interested in being a nurse practitioner, I think immediately you need to go back to what happened in the 1960s with mm. Loretta Ford and Henry Silver. Like know the history and know how things came about because history has a habit of repeating itself. And so when you look at that, it's very easy to predict the trends of where things are going to be going when history has a habit of repeating itself. And so one of the things is we know that nursing has been modernized a lot, um, but we also know that with this modernization and with it run, with healthcare run more so as a business and actually, and then, and not much as a, uh, 
almost a care because I feel like it's more service instead of care. And there's, mm-hmm. there's a difference. Once you start taking that care piece out and make everything more so about the service and check this and check that and check that, then that's where we enter to run into problems. Now, there, I do not have literature right now to support that stance, but I'm just going based on observation of, of what I see in practice. Um, and also personal experience when I've accompanied a loved one at the at a hospital. So it's very important for nurses to really take the time and learn that that that's the ethics part of practice, legal and ethics um, part for those who are turning tuning in and there are they are nurse practitioners. Definitely check out Caroline Bupert. Um, she is a nurse attorney and she has a book on uh, legal practices uh, for with nurse practitioners. And with that, that includes your collaborative agreement, um, how to get those things in place and how it's different for each state. It goes in to talk about the, the practice environment. You have reduce, restricted, and full practice environment. And that lets you know as a nurse practitioner, can you practice to your full extent of education and training? So all of that's important. You really have to know the ins and outs of this profession before you start practicing in this profession. Because if you're not aware of what you can and cannot do as far as what's in compliance with the laws, that's when you place yourself in position for malpractice. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, I look at all nurses as change agents and we have brilliant ideas, brilliant minds, built brilliant, innovative um, thoughts and ways we could do things better. So understanding how you can get those things put into practice is even part of policy. So maybe not even at a state level, maybe just at an institutional level, you know what I mean? Uh, then you can go regional, you know, state, national. But I think it's just so important to to understand those processes. You can start just in, at an institutional level. Like, how do you get things changed in your institution? Absolutely. It starts small. Mm-hmm. It starts small. What Everything that I do today, and a lot of individuals don't understand this, that the huge component of my platform for those who completed MP school and they have their DMP is... developing courses that provide contact hours. That's a strength that I have. I get courses, my courses approved to offer contact hours as an incentive for anyone who takes it, whether they are NP or want to be an MP. Well, I say that because that started when I taught high school. Mm. When I was teaching high school, the type of um, work that I was doing, they decided to pull me to be a part of the curriculum team for the county. And I was writing the curriculum for science, for the biology and physical science. So I've been writing and doing things with curriculum since I was 23 years old. I did the ninth grade academy (laughs) um, uh, curriculum for our retention program, which really focused on the holistic aspect. So what happens is my message for anyone who didn't really care about anything else that I say, but they need a takeaway is wherever you are today or where you're meant to be, do not despise small beginnings. It's something that you did way back when that's connected to what you're doing now. Oh yeah. It's all connected. It's all connected. It's up to us to really stop and really think about how you can apply past experiences to what you're doing now. 
I think that that's so, so, so key. So I want to ask you, are you practicing now? Are you a practicing nurse practitioner? Are you in a clinical setting now? I'm not in a clinical setting now. I'm really trying to get things scheduled where I could go back to volunteering. I haven't worked in a clinical setting uh, for maybe at, at a year because I wanted to make sure that I fully focus on MP student and make sure that everything is um, pretty much in automation to make to mm-hmm. make sure that they get the quality service consistently. Um, so once that part is uh, fully complete, which we're very close to completion, then I will definitely go back to, because I miss patients <laughs> a lot, I will definitely go back to making sure I could practice it either one to two times a month. Because that, at the end of the day, I really became an NP because I enjoyed that care piece. And me not having it, it does make me feel some type of, type of way, even though I get to care for students. but. I miss the patient care. Yeah, I think that's so key too. Like uh, I had a conversation with one of my friends a few, last year actually, um, because I'm a nurse leader. Uh, I have clinical practice and I have uh, practice in the clinical setting for many years. Um, And I told her like, I think I'm making the transition where I'm okay with just being a nurse leader. But it's like this, this, I call it a hole, like in your gut, like in my gut, where it's like the patients, no one could really take that place of caring for when you're in the room with the patient. Like, I mean, it's just something about that chemistry there um, that I just miss. And whether I'm a nurse leader or not, I will always be a nurse practitioner who will take care of a patient. You know, so, so yeah, so I, I love that. And I could totally um, understand what you're saying about that. And then in terms of talking about uh, being an NP, I know you are an author. So I would love to know more about your book that uh, you're working on. So can you talk to us about that? Sure. So I am currently finishing up the starter guide to think like an NP, everything you need to know before applying to MP school. And I was inspired to write this book after all the frequently asked questions that I received from 2018 (laughs) to 2022. Um, I was still receiving different questions and even today. And so this book really just gives you from the time you decide you want to go to MP school as far as what to do. We have tables, we have checklists. We have different activities in this book. It's just not, it's not just a book. It's something where you take, it's a guide where you take actionable steps. So you even have templates. You have templates in there just to help you um, with certain types of correspondence that you have with different people along that journey. So it's important. And I felt like that was my gift to this next generation which sometimes I feel like I'm still a part of (laughs) because of the fact that with the, of course, changes in like with technology and and so forth, we do not have as much of the soft skills that we have Mm -hmm. before. And those skills really is what keeps us personable and is able to to have that that unity with um, different people that we interact with. We want to have peace with our faculty when we go to school, peace with our colleagues. And so that's where that that comes about. And so it's a it's a great book. 
I think everyone should check it out. It's in a quick read, by the way, because <laughs> I'm aware about attention span. It's a quick read. <laughs> I love it. And where can people uh, get the book when it's so it will be available on Amazon and we're excited. Uh, it's been completed, Wendy, for some time, but it's like I had to step away from it. I had to make sure that, okay, did does it really cover everything you need to know before you apply <laughs> to MP school? <laughs> so that was it. But um, what happens is from publishing my first book, I realized that it's never going, a book will never have everything that you really want. When you're finished, you're always going to think of something else. And oh, guess yeah. what? That something else could be created into a course. Right. That something else could be created into a checklist, a downloadable checklist, and you make it free to accompany the book. I mean, there's so many ways that you could like do spins and turns uh, as far as that. So I do have peace with that part. I love it. I love it. And I totally understand because that's your baby going out into the world. You want to make sure it's comprehensive and it's it's right, whatever that means, right? right. <laughs> whatever right means, right? Right, right. And I know you have a boot camp coming up. I do. So we have NP Student Boot Camp, which is one of my favorite courses for anyone who feels like they are already behind before they have gotten started with NP School. And so this is a four-hour intensive where we focus on the core uh, skills of MP practice. So most people have heard of the four Ps or as far as pathophysiology, pharmacology, physical assessment, and then they added procedures. And then of course with me, I added presentation. And I mean, we can add Ps all day long. And so you know, patho is very in-depth, so I won't be able to do that in four hours. So I decided to focus on what I saw as the greatest need when I um, serve as a adjunct adjunct faculty at, um, at a college here in Atlanta. I noticed the communication. There's a, a lot of uncomfort with that. And so I said, okay, we'll focus on communication. We're going to focus on the physical assessment, just really because that it's that bread and butter is what I call it. We'll focus on also the prescribing practice. And for this pres- prescribing component, I have Dr. Emmanuel Imanagi, who's actually facilitating that part. And then it's like, okay, let's focus on the, hopefully I mentioned the documentation, all of that, because it's about putting it together. You know, you have to know how to communicate first. And then from there, you will know how to apply that communication to how you go about your steps with your physical assessment, but really understanding the whole purpose of it. At the end of the day, you want to make sure that you come up with a differential diagnosis and that actual full diagnosis that you need to carry out the care. So when I, I say all of that, um, just to say, just join us, okay? So it's it, the next one is in another two weeks. And I know this is like timestamp, so I'm not giving an actual date. You can just give a, a visit mpstudentbootcamp.com to go there and see how it's offered every two weeks. Um, and so it's live. It'll be on a Saturday. It starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So we can catch those Cali folks <laughs> as well on a Saturday. And hey, you get four contact hours. You get a playbook. You get to interact with me. 
Um, and for those who want to do the VIP, you interact with me for an hour the night before the boot camp, Ooh. and then an hour after the boot camp. But it's it it has so many things to components to it that will help you feel confident as far as transitioning and going into MP school. And then also feel like you have some form of competence um, because you get the big picture and you understand things before you step into your preceptorship. So that's really important. And so, yep. I love it. That sounds amazing. What an opportunity that uh, people can really invest in themselves, their their time, their finance. And I think that's something else. And I hope you talk about this in your community, but we need to really understand the importance of investing in ourselves. It's not about our employer or if we're going to get continuing education. Like you need to understand what you need and invest in your, take your money and invest in your development. Like, Yes, we need to do that. And I don't think it's something that's taught. We're like, oh, if it's not going to matter for my job or my certification, you know, it's something we need. We need a mindset shift on that. Um, I agree. I agree, Wendy. I, I've had um, quite a few people ask me, well, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you do that? And I tell them I invested in it. I'm like, for instance, I've worked and done television quite some time before I did the content production with GPB, I did like Christian um, shows and talked about my um, book and the other part of me that I, <laughs> that's not dealing with NP school. And so I told him I invested in a stylist. I already know what colors to always have when I'm doing television or if I'm doing a speaking engagement. I have like <laughs> wardrobes that are already pre-picked out. That's an investment. Then the other thing with my speech of course, off camera, I may have a little <laughs> Jamaican slash, you know, Northerner dialect, but I invested in getting a speaking coach. I mean, people don't understand some of these things that look like I just got up and came to be so poised. I invested in coaches because I wanted to make sure that I really demonstrate what I'm trying to sell to individuals. And when, when I say sell, not as in money, but sell as in what you're seeing, I have to actually be living behind closed doors, what you see me doing in person. Right. And so that's important. You have to invest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that's amazing. And before we wrap up here, Dr. Little, um, any last words for our audience before we go into our rapid fire? Well, I wanted to, my words, my last words are for you. I am just so delighted that you decided to see something in me to have me on this platform. Uh, I see I see where you're going with this, with the um, wellness with Wendy. And I just keep doing this <laughs> because it's needed. Oftentimes we see so many talks about um, just things that are trendy so I'm happy that you didn't just jump on a trend. I'm happy that you saw an op a need and you followed it all the way through. Um, because what happens is it's really about preparation and meeting opportunity. And I just thank you for this opportunity. <laughs> you were prepared to give me an opportunity for someone who really wants to really do the same thing. So thank you. Oh, you are more than welcome. I always say this platform is for us. This is not 
my platform, my name may be on it, but it really is for us because without us, it will be no platform. Uh, so that's why I always have people on. You don't see me on here uh, by myself, just talking. If I'm going to do a solo, it'll just be audio. But this platform is for us because what you're doing, I mean, we're all out here trying to really impact the world. And that's how I see it. And people who I have on this platform, it's for that reason. It's to let more of the world know about you and how you're trying to leave your footprint in the world and how you're helping people. There's so much help out there for nurses. Um, and I just don't think we're, ta we're tapping into it as a profession. And, and I really think that the missing link there are schools of nursing really need to, to bring us in, bring us in. Like we're, we're kind of on the outside doing a little bit here, a little bit there, but I think really taking a step back and do things different and bring people like us in to see how we can really innovate the curriculum and really move these people along, people who want to dedicate their lives to caring for society, you know? So that's why I do it. And that's why I like the, so I can't do trendy because trends go in and out. I have to do purpose. So exactly. I feel very aligned. It doesn't matter. The trends go left or right. Wendy will still be right here. So, <laughs> so I'm so excited that you uh, accepted the invitation that you came on and you really just shared your gems with us and uh, really sharing your work with the world. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. So let's get to the rapid fire. Are you excited? Yes, I am. <laughs> a little nervous, but yes. All right. Tell me the first thing that comes to your mind to answer the question or finish the statement. Wellness means? Wow. <laughs> I guess we'll just go with wow. <laughs> okay. Wellness is a wow. wow. Yes. <laughs> it, 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 it is. It, yes. It's a wow because that's how you end up feeling. Hmm. Chills. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know I'm stressed when? When I feel mentally overwhelmed. When when I feel like there's too much going on in my head, I know it's time to stop. Oh, yeah, definitely. Knowing when to pause is so important. And my go-to stress management solution is? <laughs> the Little Man by the Waynes. That movie is so funny. <laughs> I mean, I just watched it. My sweetheart and I just watched it the other night. It's just hilarious. Yeah, laughter is so good for the soul, and it's a really great stress reliever. So I love that, that you know exactly what makes you laugh and what you need to go to. Yeah. I love that. What is something people get wrong about you? They think I'm a workaholic, not understanding that I am extremely gifted. This is not from a place of arrogance. Mm. My, I can produce at very high levels um, without having to do the type of work. And some people just have it and some people don't. Um, but yeah, I've had people think I work all the time, that I don't relax, this, that, and the other. And really what it is, is I don't post my vacations, my this and my that on there. I keep that part of myself private and I am happy that I do. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I, I hear you. I I'm hear turning you. up behind the social media and nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I just show up in my green shirt and, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I love that. I love that. Uh, what is something you want to leave? What legacy are you trying to leave on this earth? Ooh. The legacy that I'm trying to leave is what it's a quote by um, Maya Angelou, and I cannot recall it fully at this time, but it's really to just leave like my mission is really to leave this world where it, it has some pizzazz and some jazz after me living in it. Like they'll know like, oh, OK, this came about because. Patrice was here. This is fun. And this is great. Or that's really just what it is. I, I really also want, I know naturally that I have the life that I live that um, when people come in my presence, they're either going to feel challenged to do more and be great, or they're going to, to feel like I may be too much. Mm. And because of that, I actually, and I learned that by investing in myself and taking the time to learn more about my personality and the vibe I give off. And because of that, I embrace that. And because I know that is the mark that I'm leaving. I will be leaving a mark where someone, where people encounter me, felt challenged and they be, they did more and became great. And where people encountered me and they thought I was too much and they didn't want to have anything to do with me and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not my problem. <laughs> it's not my problem. As long as I stay true to myself. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What is something you learned about yourself during the pandemic? Oh, I learned that it's, it, it seems like I learned I could change my fate. It seems, and I don't know another way of explaining mm -hmm. it, but you know, it makes me think of that Disney movie where she's like, you can't fight fate. But it's like, I almost feel like we play a role in a lot of things that we that are manifested in our life. Mm. So that's really what I'm trying to say. And that's what I learned in the pandemic. That great pause allowed me to really do some deep reflection and realize how I kept myself in certain situations a little bit longer than I needed to. So it showed me how to be more intentional about when to speak, how to speak, and where to speak. I knew that before, but it was something about the pandemic that really just solidified it for me. Mm, I love that. That self-reflection is so important. And my last question for you is, what would you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self, why did you think you were fat when you were not all the time? And now that you're a grown, grown, grown woman, you're looking back and you're like, what the crap? So I would tell myself to let that go. And that that was part of that, uh, that mindset or that energy is what caused me to put on weight over the years. Mm. Not but it's a total different vibration versus now I feel like everything has been falling off um, since my divorce. And I think is because now it's, it's, it's like, oh, well, I feel so content that when I eat, I'm actually eating because it's a form of energy and not me like, what is it? They say subconsciously eating as a form of feeling a void. And, you know, and then going, turning around and trying to do these different diets <laughs> where you're not eating to lose weight. And all of that is, is mental. It's mental. Ooh. 
you just said a word because it's all about that self-talk, right? Telling yourself that, like, oh my God, that that's powerful. That that is so mm-hmm. powerful. And yes, shutting the pounds after your divorce and feeling content. Oof, you just and I think that's a great way to end this. <laughs> that's a <laughs> so Dr. Little, thank you so much for being here and sharing your uh brilliance with our audience. And I'm sure that uh, people will be reaching out to you for the, the boot camp and the book. I can't wait to get the book in my hands too, because I want to see what's in there. <laughs> so, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. Before you go, I would love to share a free stress management resource with you. Go to stressblueprint.com and download your free copy of the three questions to ask when you are stressed. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Highway to Health podcast, hosted by Jeremy Quinby, provides guidance, quality resources, and inspiration for anyone seeking wellness in mind, body, and spirit. There's an episode that you should check out called The Value of Our Emotions, where Jeremy helps listeners understand the role emotions serve and what we can learn about our present state by staying attuned to them. Check out Highway to Health podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit Health Podcast Network dot com.